Welcome to Game Pinions episode 62. I'm your host, Kalman, and today I am flying solo. This is going to be an old school episode of Game Pinions where it's just me talking into a microphone in a room by myself. So it's definitely uh, bringing back some nostalgic vibes of the early days of Game Pinions where I didn't have any friends. Um, no, uh, Dakota is. He had a really busy week this week, so I just kind of figured I'd give him a break and just record a solo episode, and it kind of works out because he actually doesn't have this game that we're going to be talking about, and that, of course, is Monster Hunter Rise. So I was going to actually just talk about Monster Hunter Rise, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk about Monster Hunter as a whole because the franchise actually played a pivotal role inadvertently of Game Pinion's creation in the first place. So it's really interesting because... Monster Hunter Tri was the first Monster Hunter game I played, and for some reason, I knew nothing about Monster Hunter during that time. I had no knowledge prior to just looking at a couple of screenshots for that game. And I was like really dead set on being hyped up for that game, not really sure why, that I actually made a website on webs.com for Monster Hunter Tri. It was called mh3infocenter.webs.com. Uh, really interesting. Not really sure why I did it. I know that the Conduit, um, which was a first-person uh, shooter by High Voltage Software, um, they were you know making the Conduit. They eventually made the Conduit 2, and then the Grinder, which was in production but never released. There was fan websites for that, and there was also a lot of fan websites uh, within that community for those games, like No More Heroes 2, Desperate Struggle, there's a website for that, and just a whole bunch of different Wii games. It was almost like, you know, even Endless Ocean, for crying out loud, there's just a whole bunch of different websites within that network. So I was like, oh, okay, so that's that's pretty cool. So I'm going to go ahead and make a Monster Hunter Try website. And I did. It was my first time ever experimenting with website creation. I thought it was awesome. And I had, like, a whole bunch of different things on that website. Like, I put, like, a Monster of the Day or like, which I eventually changed to Monster of the Week because I got too lazy and I didn't change it. And I never really changed that out. And I really didn't know any of those monsters anyway. I kind of just put them up there and then I put like Weapon of the Week. It's like, oh, it's a switch axe. You know, it, it was kind of stupid. But it got me interested in website creation. It got me interested in, I guess, having gaming related content that I'd post online. I just really didn't know enough about Monster Hunter to do anything consistently with. So when the game was getting closer to release, it was a really odd thing that occurred. And I don't really think that there was anything similar to this at that time. And that, of course, was a demo for the game. Now, I know that doesn't sound like it's such a huge deal because we see demos all the time. You go on like any any like, you know, PlayStation Network or you go on to, you know, the Nintendo eShop. There's demos for games on there. Maybe not as many on the Nintendo eShop still. We didn't have that. It was nowhere close to that. They had different apps on there, and there was one app where you could actually download DS demos from your Wii, and you basically had to go through like DS download play in order to download. It was just really odd solutions, and you know, at the time it was awesome because there was no other way to do something like that. But with this one though, 
they actually created a physical disc that was a demo that you had to go to GameStop in order to get. And they were free. At least they were supposed to be free. Uh, I heard from uh, John, who has made a few appearances on this this podcast, that he said that they made him make a pre-order for the game in order for him to pick up the demo. And he went to another GameStop and that wasn't the case. So I feel bad if, you know, all those years ago you had to pay for a, you know, $5, you know, reservation fee. But yeah, I didn't have to do that. So I think when I went there, I think I actually pre-ordered Red Steel 2 or maybe I was picking up Red Steel 2 during that time. I think that was the game that was kind of floating around. And I saw that they had that basket full of Monster Hunter Try demo discs. And it's just, it's so weird to think about, but this is how you had to get demos on Wii. And this is really, once like once again, the only thing, the only demo that I can really imagine or remember rather on the Wii was this demo. So I picked one up, I brought it home and keep in mind, this was a game that I was super pumped up for. Like this was what I was waiting for. I spent months advertising this game, well, pretending to advertise this game on my website and it felt like a huge deal. And I, you know, pulled it out of its little Wii Sports-esque sleeve that it was in, and I popped it in the Wii, turned it on. I think I picked the, uh, I want to say I picked the Switch Axe first, and I went into the game, and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is the most crappy game I've ever played in my life. I had no idea what I was doing. I really didn't understand. I'm like, the attacks take so long. And it takes so long to kill these monsters. And I'm getting killed. He keeps bodying me. And this is the Great Jaggy. This is the easiest thing. You can kick the Great Jaggy to death when you get good. But I really just didn't understand. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is like super lame and boring. And my character is practically, you know, he has cool armor. But he's just practically getting vaporized by these monsters. And it was it was a rough uh, a rough stretch there. Eventually, though, I did beat the Great Jaggy. I think I eventually killed it with uh, either I want to say it was probably the Great Sword. So I kind of gravitated towards the Great Sword, and um, I did have a little bit of preference towards the Long Sword. But I think the Great Sword kind of just pulled out ahead. I thought it was cooler, and um, I liked the attacks a little bit better. Now, one of the biggest handicaps, though, of having this game is that if you don't get the Pro Controller, which was back then a bundled deal, it was a black Wii Pro Controller that you could get, you could pre-order the game, it may or may not have come with Wii Speak. I don't think so. If I, if I remember correctly, I don't believe that was the case. I think it was just the Pro Controller. If you didn't get that or you didn't have the other controller, it was not good. It was very, very challenging. I didn't realize that at the time. But there's certain attacks that you have to do, and the only way to do it is to make motions with the controller as you're doing the attack. I It's not good. It's not a good solution. So I think that I honestly probably would have been better at Monster Hunter if I had a traditional controller during that time. There's certain things the Wiimote Nunchuck did really well. First person shooters, very well, very PC-like. But for games like Monster Hunter, not very good. I didn't realize that at the time. Later on, I realized that that was probably my biggest problem. But despite having that issue, I still managed to learn the game because when the game came out, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the demo, something inside me still wanted to get the game. I still wanted to give it a chance. The atmosphere of the game and just the overall vibe of the game, I think, kind of brought me in. 
Uh, I tried playing it. My character, practically naked. I didn't know how to craft any good armor. Uh, my weapon was not great. And you just kind of have to go through the growing pains, like everything else, uh, of Monster Hunter. And I was getting bodied by the Great Jaggy again. My weapon wasn't nearly as strong as it was in the demo. I had no armor on. I had like this like bikini-looking thing. And uh, it, was, it was rough. It was a rough going for a while. And eventually I was able to beat the Great Jaggy. Uh, the Royal Ludroth was not a good, uh, a good matchup for me. I struggled really badly. Um, but I did get to the point where I started playing online. Now that Conduit website, which is something that we will talk about one day when we're talking about the Conduit and the Conduit 2, because that has to happen at some point. I'm trying to work out when we can have those episodes because that community is definitely worth talking about. I still have very many friends from that community to this day. We were playing games like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Reflex, which was like a Call of Duty 4 version for the Nintendo Wii, which came out the same time Modern Warfare 2 came out on every other platform. And it was really the first like full-scale Call of Duty game, and we used to always play that. But we actually started uh, working in Monster Hunter in that rotation of games that we would play. Now, Monster Hunter Online was a completely different animal. Obviously, the monsters get quite a bit stronger which makes the hunts, I think, last a little bit longer. And while I had a blast playing, I was clearly damaging the team's chances of success. So I was definitely the weakest link in that group. Part of me wishes I could go back now because I'm actually a pretty decent player now. But during that time, I really didn't understand. And once again, it goes back to using the Wiimote nunchuck. Just don't do it if you ever, for some reason, decide to play try. It was rough. And there was uh, one point in time where I was trying to fight against the Baroth and I was trying to get its armor because I really wanted to, to get it. I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, I think it was actually the weapon, the great sword I really wanted. I couldn't beat them. I mean, I couldn't beat these monsters by myself. I just wasn't a good enough player. I didn't have all the attacks that I was able to use at my disposal consistently because just of how the controls were. And, you know, you kind of just learn as you go and you get used to it, but I just couldn't beat it by myself. So... One of, the, one of the guys in that group, he was very good at it. He was able to, you know, go in there and beat the Baroth for me, but I needed to beat it multiple times. And I died a whole bunch of different times when I tried to fight it. And eventually he said, hey, just go off to the side and I'll beat it for you and I'll get you this, this thing. Which is not the best advice because obviously you want to be able to earn that. Part of Monster Hunter, which is, you know, really fun, is that after you beat the monster a whole bunch of times and you get that armor, you get to wear what you deserve. It's, it's pieces. And I didn't feel like I was really earning it. So it wasn't fun. I felt like, you know, I was getting mad because I'm dying. This isn't super fun. Eventually, though, he decided that he was going to show me how to actually play. I didn't know that you were supposed to sheath your greatsword when you go and attack. I was walking with it out, which is a big problem. You can only walk like, you know, negative five miles per hour when you do that. So make sure you always are sheathing your weapon. I didn't know that. I never thought of you know, putting it away and then drawing it out because you could do that quick attack. After I learned that, shortly after, I was able to beat the bear off a whole bunch of times. And I still, to this day, love fighting that monster because that was the first time that I really felt like, okay, I learned something in this game that I can apply. Despite my other deficiencies and not being able to do certain attacks very well because of how the controls were, I was actually able to do this effectively. I was actually able to still contend and beat this monster. Now, there's other monsters like the Gobel, which is underwater fight, which is a tough battle. I think even with like a, you know, I think even with a standard controller, I probably would have struggled with him and the and the, the Geacris. 
I probably would have still struggled at that time. Not anymore, obviously, but during that time, I probably would have. And it's just, man, the difference a controller makes, though, it's, it's unreal. So despite having issues and despite really not being good at the game at all and having just not, I didn't have the knowledge of, of a better control scheme. I thought the Wiimote and Nunchuck were fine at the time. I was wrong. I still enjoyed the game. And that moment really stuck with me. But I don't think I really progressed too far after that point. But I just remember really enjoying how the game felt. Despite not really having like an actual story <laughs> or anything to really keep you going, um, I really enjoyed it. So fast forward to, you know, years later when the Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate game was revealed for the Nintendo 3DS. Obviously, the whole Circle Pad Pro thing was ridiculous. I think that kind of overshadowed that announcement for me. But there was still part of me that was really excited for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. As the game got closer to release and the demo came out, it kind of, you know, the excitement kind of left me a little bit. But I... Uh, I was really, you know, looking forward to it still in, in many ways. And I tried the demo. I thought it was really cool to have that game on the 3DS when I was used to playing it on the Wii. I thought the controls instantly much better. I thought that the camera controls were really cool the way they did it. One, they introduced lock-on function where you could just tap the monster on the bottom screen and lock onto it. And it wasn't like a full-on lock-on, but you tapped it to kind of, I think, recenter your camera to the monster, which was really cool. And then, of course, you also had the on-screen d-pad which was actually really cool as well like that was actually a really cool feature they added and it worked really well with that touchscreen surprisingly so it was pretty cool um i did not mess around with the circle pad pro i just i didn't like using it it wasn't comfortable for me it was really awkward to use you had to reach really far for the buttons it just didn't feel right to me so i never used it i liked having the portability of the 3ds without using the circle pad pro i got really hooked on this game when it came out and I think having the smaller screen and being able to look at inventory and look at everything just from a very close perspective, to me, it actually made the game click even more for me in terms of just being able to understand what you're supposed to do. So I, play, I put a ton of hours in that game. It really clicked. I had a great time. The 3D looked beautiful in the game. Uh, it looked very nice on the 3DS. And I just had so much fun with it. So much so that I actually upgraded to the 3DS XL to enjoy it in its full glory. So really, really fun. Really enjoyed it. I feel like that was kind of the moment where Monster Hunter really clicked with me and I really understood how rewarding of a game it was. And then after that, I played Monster Hunter 4U. Really enjoyed that. Once again, able to apply those skills. And I was at this point kind of switching back and forth between the Longsword and the Greatsword. Longsword was kind of like my primary weapon uh, going into that game. So it was, uh, it was so much fun. I, I had such a blast playing both of those games. Now, I also got the Wii U version of 3U, um, but didn't really play a whole bunch of that. But it still was pretty cool to be able to play it in that way as well. So now, we move on to Monster Hunter Worlds. And this was a game I was pretty excited about. I played the uh, beta. I thought it was really cool. And eventually, I did buy the game. I honestly can't remember buying it. I don't really remember playing it all that much, and I really didn't. And I kind of abandoned that game too soon. I didn't give it much of a chance. To me, it just didn't really feel like a Monster Hunter game. Like, I thought it was cool seeing all the enemies and all the monsters and, like, these HD graphics because before, the games did not look that way. But it just wasn't really clicking for me for some reason, and I kind of just abandoned it far too soon, which is kind of unfortunate and I kind of regret doing. Now, when Monster Hunter Rise was revealed... I honestly probably couldn't care less of this game. 
Uh, I kind of just thought that I was kind of done with the Monster Hunter franchise and I was probably just going to leave it be. Like I, I understood that it was kind of kind of over for me. Like I had my time with the 3DS where this was one of my favorite games and I played a ton of hours into it, but I kind of just felt like, okay, I'm, I'm good and I don't have to, uh, I don't have to pick this game up. I can just kind of move on and let Monster Hunter be. We'll go our separate ways. I had fun with it. It had fun with me, I hope. And we're just going to go different ways. I played the demo. Uh, I thought it was fun. But once again, Monster Hunter and their demos, for some reason, they hook me in and I end up buying the game. And I ended up buying this game, Monster Hunter Rise. And I've been playing quite a bit. I think I have over 70 hours in it. I haven't even had it like a full month yet, I don't think. And I already have over 70 hours, probably closer to 75. And it's uh, it's got its uh, its hooks pretty deep into, into my skin here. I am very much addicted to it. And it's uh, they've made so many quality of life improvements over the years. It's like a this is like a love child between uh, four ultimate and uh, Monster Hunter worlds, where it looks like the old Monster Hunters in many ways, but it also has a lot of the life improvements that World has. And I think in many ways it's a lot better than Worlds. So for starters, they added a new gameplay mechanic called the Wire Bugs. And these introduce new attack options. They introduce enhanced mobility for players, which is a huge deal. If you get hit by a monster, you're able to kind of correct yourself by using a wire bug if you have, you know, one available to use. Um, they have, you know, refresh times where you kind of have to wait, or I guess rather cooldown times where you have to wait to use them. But, you know, there's really cool attacks that you have, and the player mobility is really a big thing. Now, what makes the player mobility so cool in this game, it's not just to do with monsters and how you're able to kind of zoom around the monsters a little bit quicker than before. It's actually, you know, it adds value to the Monster Hunter world or the Monster Hunter Rise maps because there's actually a lot of different hidden things that you can find called relics and you're able to use the wire bugs to kind of access anywhere on the map. So it's actually really cool. You can go upward in Monster Hunter and it's like there's things to explore, which really wasn't the case in a lot of the other Monster Hunters. So it's it's a huge quality of life improvement. It makes the game so much fun. You're able to kind of, you know, maneuver and traverse the world, you know, in a very, very fun and creative way. It's like a grappling hook you can throw anywhere, which is really awesome. So that's like the big thing that has really drawn me in. But then also it just has that classic Monster Hunter feel to it, where it's just not really story-based. There's a story, but it's just like, hey, these monsters are bad. Let's kill them. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure that they probably lived here first, but that's fine. And you just kind of, you know, go go about your business and you kill these monsters. And it's, uh, it's really fun. <laughs> it's like oddly addicting. Because Monster Hunter, while it doesn't draw you in with the story, at least I don't think it would. I mean, if you're like super into the Monster Hunter story, I don't really know what to tell you. Uh, I guess you're very easily uh, entertained from certain things. But the thing that makes it so addicting is you have gear and you want to upgrade to different gear. So you fight monster with gear, get better gear, fight better monster with your gear to get its gear. And you just kind of keep going, you know, wash, rinse and repeat and it's highly addicting. It makes the game super rewarding. It's a very sickening formula, but it's so satisfying 
when you get new pieces of equipment and you're wearing pieces of the monster that you just butchered 20 times. It's very, very fun. So I think that Monster Hunter Rise, it has a a good town structure. Everything's easy to remember where you go. The online is pretty great. The rideable Palamu is really cool. It's like basically a giant dog that you get to, you know, use as a mount and he'll also fight alongside of you. You're able to sharpen weapons as you're moving from area to area. So in many ways, it makes the hunt feel, you know, makes it feel quicker because you can actually sharpen your weapons while you're riding to the next place that the monster has fled off to. So that that part is really cool. You know, monster tracking has been a lot better before in Monster Hunter Try and Monster Hunter for you. You used to have to throw a paintball at a monster in order to mark it on your map. This game automatically shows you where the monster is. So you don't have to worry about that paintball wearing off, which is pretty cool. And you don't have to have to worry about fireflies or whatever that that was in Monster Hunter World to track down the monster. I like this way better. It makes it so much quicker just to go to the monster and do it. Now, one thing that uh, has changed, and I believe this actually changed in Monster Hunter Worlds as well, where you fight a monster and you capture it. I remember in Monster Hunter Try, you had to look for visual signs of when the monster is ready to capture. You know, he'll start salivating. You can visually see like a monster like the... uh, Royal Ludroth, you could see his spongy hide will start to deteriorate and he'll start to limp and he'll start to salivate and he looks like he's getting tired. That's a, that's a time where it's like, okay, let's wait for him to move to the next area. We can verify that he's limping and then we can go and capture him when he's asleep. That was something that you would do. So me not knowing that this changed because I didn't play a lot of Monster Hunter Worlds, not to the point where I had to capture a monster, uh, me and Kim were playing and I said, okay, So, because she's new to the game. And I said, this is the signs that you have to look out for. Okay. He'll start to salivate. He'll start to limp. That's when we can deploy our trap and capture him. And it's like, as I'm saying this, it's like one of the, the, uh, you know, Palicos is like, it's ready for capture. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We didn't have this stuff in Monster Hunter Try. And you look on your map and the monster will actually have little blue Z's to let you know that he's tired and ready for capture. I did not know that. In fact, I didn't realize that that was a thing. So I've been capturing monsters just based on what I remember from the other games. But now it actually tells you. So it's actually easier than ever to kind of do that. So if you want to speed up the hunt, get capture rewards instead of, um, you know, hunting rewards, you can do that. And there's just so many things. Like the hunter's notes are super helpful. It tells you the drop rates of parts for monsters. Um, It tells you, you know, the best way to get them and it tells you the weaknesses, ailments, a whole bunch of different things about the monster. It's super useful. You don't really have to look up an online guide, which is really cool. Everything's kind of built into the game. And I think that's always kind of been a thing, but I never used it until now. So it's pretty cool. I've been really, really enjoying that. Um, There's there's just so many things with Monster Hunter where you just feel really it feels really rewarding to be able to kind of wear that armor. Um, I beat the uh, Magnamalo like 20 times trying to get a couple plates to upgrade a weapon. And it's uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's like, hey, this plate has a 1% drop rate if you uh, slay it. And then it has a 3% if you capture, 3% if the part breaks off. So I was able to break it off. And it's just, it's super rewarding being like, yes, I finally got this plate. I've been working really hard. I can now make this piece of gear that looks identical to the piece of gear I already have, but it's more powerful, has a higher sharpness level and all that. So it's uh, it's just, it's super addicting. It's super freaking addicting. I think that they just did a really, really good job, though, 
um, how the game feels. The like I said, the wire bug mechanics just make the game feel different. I don't know if I'd want to play Monster Hunter again without them, just because of how fun it makes the game. Um, but Monster Hunter has just come such a long way since I first started, and it's it's never been more apparent. I feel like the original games, if they were set up to how this one was set up, it would be a lot easier to get into. I honestly feel like, you know, I got into Monster Hunter completely just due to luck. And now is it's so much more accessible. You know, you used to have like long crafting lists and you still have them, but now you have the option to automatically craft things if you have them in your inventory. So say you're out on a quest and you run out of potions. Well, before you used to have to get blue mushrooms and you'd have to get uh, herbs and you used to have to combine them in the crafting menu. Well, now if you pick up a herb and you have, I guess, you know, I don't even know if they require you to have the mushrooms anymore. It'll automatically turn it into a potion and put it into your, you know, your on on hand inventory so you can use them as potions. Or if you have if you have potions and you pick up honey and you have spare slots for mega potions, it's going to automatically craft mega potions for you. It saves you time. There's certain things that they've incorporated that it speeds up the hunt. One, I think you have a little bit more of an edge over monsters now because of your additional mobility. I feel like, you know, I think new players are still going to struggle in some of these monsters, but I think it's overall a little bit easier to kind of get a grasp. I think you can kind of maybe brute through monsters that maybe in the past you weren't able to. But I will say, though, I am on high rank quests now, and my armor is definitely showing its age. Um, I have not changed since I've got all the uh, Magnum Molo pieces. Um, I have not changed armor into a high rank set of armor. And now I've just realized I can't get away with a lot of the things I was getting away with in the earlier ranks. It's not necessarily, you know, brutal difficulty, but, you know, you kind of get to the point where it's like, okay, I need to craft high rank armor. But if you don't know um, about Monster Hunter or you've always kind of been intimidated or you tried in the past to get into it, this Monster Hunter is definitely the one to get into. It's just, it's so much more accessible. It's a lot faster pace, in my opinion, than a lot of the other Monster Hunter games that came out in terms of combat. And the overall theme, the Japanese theme of this game is phenomenal as well. I really like it. I think that it adds a nice little uh, refresh because I always thought that it was weird. Like, you know, the first Monster Hunter game, Monster Hunter Try that I played, everything kind of felt very like uh, islandy. And it was kind of like you were like an island tribe in a way. But now it definitely has a more Japanese-y feel. And it actually is really cool. You know, it's it's odd going from eating like, you know, stacks of meat in Monster Hunter Worlds and even in Monster Hunter for you to now just eating Dango in the game. Uh, it's very, very bizarre. But um, it's it's really it's really something else. So it's, it's, it's just cool. It's a cool um, atmospheric feel. And the fact that these games don't really require a story for them to be addicting and fun, it's just not, it's not like anything else that you're going to play. Like you're going to play this because it is fun to do so and no other reason. And I think that there, there's definitely space for games like this for people that just want to kind of go on and just, hey, you just want to build and craft and grind. Monster Hunter is the way to go. But yeah, so I'm... I'm extremely happy that I decided to get back into the series because there was Afterworld, like I said, I thought I was going to kind of pull away. Rise roped me back in, 
And from Try to Rise, I've really enjoyed this franchise. And it's just uh, looking back, it's just so hard to believe that we're here now and how much fun this game is. And just having that understanding of how to play the game and how to play it properly and 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 fight these monsters efficiently and just unlock all this gear that, you know, way back when, when I first started Monster Hunter, it's like I couldn't barely get past, you know, the first, you know, few missions. And now I'm in the high ranks easily. So it's uh, it's really cool. And I really hope that people decide to try this out. I know some people are upset that it just went to Switch. There's probably going to be a PC version later on. Um, not sure if it's going to be cross-platform. Um, but really, my biggest takeaway from this game online is please, Nintendo, do something with the party chat. I've, I've bitched about this so many times. This is the one thing the Switch is missing, a party chat. And this is a game that needs it. It absolutely needs it. So you're going to have to go on Discord or have a workaround in order to communicate properly. But man, oh man, this game is super addicting. If you get it, just be ready to uh, dedicate a few weekends to it, probably a few weekday nights. Um, I know after work this week, quite a few times I hopped on Monster Hunter after the fact. And sometimes even during my lunch break, I played a little bit of Monster Hunter. So um, yeah, definitely prepare for it to kind of take over your life like it did mine. If you enjoyed this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to GamePinions.net. And you can also find us on your favorite podcast app. And if you wanted to start your very own podcast, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GamePinions and you can have a free month of podcast hosting service and a free month of stats. We've been using it for almost three years and we love it. So I think you guys will also love that as well. Until next time, keep on keeping on and goodbye. <laughs>